0: Welcome to 242, a podcast of the Buffalo Vineyard Church, where we discuss topics that are meaningful to our lives as followers of King Jesus. This is episode 12. I'm talking with Elijah Shemenda, and we start by asking the question, what's wrong with criticizing the church? We talk about critiquing out of love and a desire to build up. We ask the question, what about the real problems in the church? We talk about flipping the script and burning down institutions, as well as the importance of institutions and the cost of building them. And we also do a little bit of deconstructing our commitment to the creeds. I hope you enjoy. All right, so Elijah, you um, have been listening more to this Mars Hill podcast and you really love it. Tell, me, yeah, tell man. me why you love it so uh, much.
1: Yeah. I think <laughs> so. That's funny. Right. I, I think like I really liked it at first. Okay. Right? And I was, I was really, I I, I appreciated the what would seem to be the quality of it. It's different than most other podcasts because most co- podcasts, right, are conversations back and forth and thinking of you know ideas being challenged and going back. Um I think what I have now started feeling is that there's something wrong. <laughs> there's something wrong with this this whole thing. And it's the mood music. Ah, it's the the mood music, man. You do not like that music. No, oh, I don't. It's, it's it's it's. There's there's a feel to it that I think. Um, I just I don't know if I don't I don't know if it's what they wanted it to be. You know what I'm saying?
0: What do you think they wanted it to be? No, we don't need to do that. Yeah, what do you, I do you yeah. think it is?
1: I See, I, I think it was supposed to be, and we, we talked about this before we started recording, right? Like, it was supposed to be an autopsy, right? Of, like, this dead body. Uh, and to to be able to say, like, hey, what, what went wrong? How can we find the culprit? And how can we make sure, like, like this doesn't happen again? Yeah. And and what I think it's, it's, it's starting... What it feels like to me, to me, it's it's become a hit piece, mm. right? And and it just feels unhealthy. And and what it what it kind of seems is happening is that like people outside and inside the church are starting to use it in very unhealthy ways, and uh, for people which are deconstructing, it's now. Uh, a further excuse of like, this is why I'm deconstructing the church is all messed up and and all these different things. And and that just feels really, really unhealthy to me um, as I as I've just been listening to it. And yeah, man, and and there's 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 something about the gospel, uh, which I believe, uh, you know, I don't know too much about scripture i just i'm a pastor uh that's supposed to bring about good news i I don't know i I could be wrong Uh, you want to say believe again (laughs) one more time just like that which which i believe believe (laughs) believe yeah i believe it's supposed to bring about good news and and it just seems like there's there's not a lot of hope or good news in this in this um this area and again i'm not I'm not trying to just say like, okay, so like no one should listen to it. I'm, I mean, I'm listening to it. I've I've enjoyed it at times. It's just, there's just something which I, I'm just, it doesn't feel right. I don't know. What are your thoughts?
0: I, I'm just here to hear your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not true. Anybody who knows me knows that's not true. Um, although I am fascinated by the inner workings of your mind, <clears throat> brother okay. Elijah.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <clears throat> It's like so, brother Lawrence. <laughs> brother Lawrence.
0: Yeah. Right. I just love Jesus and wash dishes. That's it. Sweet. So yeah, I mean, what if I guess I hear what you're saying as man, we shouldn't be so gleeful in criticizing the church. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Spot on with that. I would agree. Um, I can give you kind of my 50 cents about, yeah. um, the, the Marcel podcast. Um, but I like I share some of your reservations about I I just I respond negatively I'll, I have like an inverse relationship to mood music you know <laughs> <laughs> they're like we're gonna play creepy mood music so yeah, that you man. know Mark Driscoll is evil and I'm like I think Mark Driscoll is a good guy yeah 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 <laughs> so I just don't in actually the opposite <laughs> direction <You're> just, just, <laughs> don't Christian. even believe it, just in the opposite direction right yeah um so but but I think I would I. I want to push on that idea a little bit just to um, just for mm-hmm. the sake of conversation, yeah. even though I don't actually disagree with you. So I agree. Criticize like being gleeful and criticizing the church is not healthy. Yeah. Having said that, surely you're not saying that we shouldn't criticize the church. Yeah. Um, and so like, why, like don't we want to look at the church and, point at the, the flaws in it for the sake of calling the church to be what it should be?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, man, so where I'm at with that is that we should uh, critique the church. I think we should be people who, um, are are mindful or watchful, but I, I think there's, there's a difference between critiquing the church and, um, or, or, okay. There's, there's a, difference between me giving my wife constructive criticism oh, right you went there <laughs> and like you know me taking joy and tearing down my wife right like and, I, I will say though if somebody asked me
0: should we give our wives constructive criticism yeah i would just say no no no, no don't no. do it yeah, it's like it's <laughs> just don't
1: yeah but like you know Listen, man, this is, the, the church is fact, the bride of Christ. In fact, I just want to clarify,
0: if my wife asked me for constructive criticism, I would look over my shoulder trying to find the camera.
1: Yeah. Would, where,
0: am I'm I'm I,
1: am I, am I, on punked. <laughs> <laughs> where's, where's Ashton Cushing? <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, seriously, I mean like, but like, the church is the bride of Christ, right? Like, and there's, there should be a way, I've always felt weird even when I'm, when I'm, I'm preaching and I'm talking about, um. You know, the church or I'm critiquing, you know, the culture in which we live in the West and and stuff like that and the way that we think about the church. And I'm just like, man, dude, the church is so much bigger than like what I'm seeing or my frustrations in this like really present moment. And I feel like sometimes we're not giving hope, the hope of like actually, God is at work, right? Like, while I'm over here crying about, like, am I the only prophet in, you know, the the midst of this, like, chaos and, you know, debauchery in the world, which is broken, God's like, man, dude, I got thousands of other prophets which are out here doing what yeah. you're doing and, and none you know of them are saying? hiding in caves whining exactly right Elijah. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> you know my name so like i i just feel like there's there's a little bit of that if we don't give a larger perspective to that like asland is on the move right like god is actually at work i think that we feed the fire to 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 things that uh in our in our like um circle of influence that are actually not helpful right and so that's again that's not saying that like this podcast isn't good i i I think it is i think there's some really good things and i appreciate them going back and and i think a lot of people said like yeah man i i I remember seeing myself being caught up in 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 some of these conversations i remember um feeling like hey man this might be icky or i might be in a situation right now where i'm like that's unhealthy and i just never stepped up right and said something and like I think there's things like that which come out of this podcast, which I'm like, yes. But when we just leave it in this kind of negative vein, I, I, I it feels like what we're doing is um this total deconstruction of something that was alive and fluid and and, and actually had way more nuance than you could put with, you know, gothic music and you know, a couple hot takes or whatever, you know, yeah. and, and it also, you know, and I think they've tried to do this a little bit. So I, I don't want to super poke the bear on that, but like, you know, th- there was also like God was also very much so at work in that community. People came to know Jesus, that they're still believers and outside and in that community too. People walked away from their faith. And so again, like <sighs> I just I just feel like we live in a day and time when if we don't give whole pictures, yeah, people take that and they run with it. Yeah. Right. And and if what is our goal at the end of the day when we're having these conversations? Yeah. Um, as that's 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 the part which I think like I'm wrestling no, with. As I I'm think listening. that's
0: I think that's really helpful. So and maybe even just for the purposes of this conversation, if we punt the Mars Hill podcast yeah. and talk more about just that that kind of like deconstructive ethic or that that yeah. deconstructive impulse that is that is in, well, I think it's, I, I don't think it's just in the church. I yeah. think it's actually in our culture, yeah. in our generation, um, but certainly in, in certain yeah. corners of the church too. Um, so then we don't have to decide exactly, you know, what. Christianity today should or shouldn't have done, or neither, you know what I mean? Because that, whatever. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think in my discussions of the podcast with friends and others, I, I struggle with knowing how accurate the picture that they're painting is. Yeah. Of like what actually happened there. Cause I, I don't know. And so I'm just basically relying on what the podcast is putting in front of me. Yeah. Um, and so, for the sake of not having to do that extra layer of calculus, if we just talk about the kinds of deconstruction that we see going on around us and that can be both within, so we both pastor churches, Mm -hmm. we both are, you know, connected to other congregations and to the broader church in various ways, Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, we just live in the culture. And so that kind of like deconstructive, um, you know, move that, I mean, I think, I think, you and I would agree. And I think most people who think about these things would agree. Like this has been going on for decades now. Like yeah. there is some sort of like generational cultural shift in the West towards deconstruction that, you know, you and I would probably just call it like postmodernism or a postmodern. Yeah. Um, philosophical move, but yeah. So, so we can talk about that. We, we are yeah. going to, we're going to deconstruct deconstruction. deconstruction.
1: Yeah, there we go. And we didn't even plan it. You see that It was unison right <laughs> <Yes>. there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah no i i think uh just even just like can maybe just continue in this 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 this, this flow w- one thing that i find i don't know if you you see this in people which are, are 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 deconstructing is that there is a joy in in trying to take down the thing which seems like it exists right like or is solid or is yeah um you know a system, a power, whatever. There is a joy in, um, in like, oh, there's, there's a chink in that armor or that's not as solid as I thought it was. Right. And, and w- instead of trying to say, okay, how does that work? And maybe like, let's, let's go piece by piece. Cause deconstruction, I think we would both agree is not a bad thing. Right. Right. And I think it have depends on what you mean by it. Okay. Yeah. Right. But do, like, do you want to go there first or? Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah.
0: I think, I guess I would just say if by deconstruction we mean, you know, thinking critically about institutions or philosophies or what, then yeah. of course we should do that. Yeah. Um, the question is, you know, where do you draw the line? What's your motives? You know, like there, there's some of those kinds of questions. Like when you're talking about, so criticizing an institution like the church, criticizing the church, yeah. well, that's just like following in the footsteps of Jesus and all of the saints, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Jesus was criticizing the church of his day. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about burning down the institution, okay, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. And you know, Jesus criticized the people of God in his day out of a des- out of love, out of a desire yeah. to see the the church be what it could be. Yeah. And that is very different. And back to your, you know, to your metaphor of criticizing your wife, yeah. which again, I still would say you probably shouldn't <laughs> should do. Should not do. But that. if you are going to do, do it, that, Janie, <laughs> yeah, you boy, you better do it out of love. And <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I think maybe even like a better metaphor would be like as a father. Yeah. That there are times and places where you say to your son or to your daughter, "I know you can do more. I yeah. know you are capable of better," yeah. um, and I am pointing at the things you are doing wrong because I believe in you. Exactly. And that yeah. that's very different. That's a very different mentality than. And, ha ha ha, son! You're horrible,
1: yeah, horrible. Yeah, like, that right. Swing was and, not great. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I feel so much. Look, look at look at how much better of a baseball player I am than you, son. <laughs> as you like mock your two year old,
1: right? Well, and and I think like even I just the thought popped up. It's such a good good uh, analogy. There was what was Jesus doing, right? And I I would say most scholars believe that Jesus. Was having conversations and debates that were ongoing at that time, right? Right, like he's like I think a lot of times again we we read back in the scripture from where we're at and we're just like he was just trashing you know the Jews and all that. Like no, Jesus one was Jewish and he was in that space and no, time. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jesus was American. Oh, Okay, yes, right. Oh man, I'm sorry. He was I mean, star spangled banner. No, but like you know what I mean. Like he is. He is. <laughs> he spoke in a southern drawl. Southern drawl. How does your Jesus from talk? Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee, so. Right. But, like, you know, Jesus is is in that day and time. There, These are debates on how to engage with the Torah, right, that were happening during that time. He's giving his take, right? right. And he's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. What, what is he? You know, he's saying things like... um, you know, um, like you do. He'll say things like, "You know, do what the the Pharisees say. Don't do what they're doing." Right? Yeah. He he saw the ability to critique them and to to push them and say, "Like, listen, this is what God intended." Right? With his with with you know his law and his the the things that he was trying to communicate to you guys. But somewhere along the line, you're 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 taking it too rigid. It's honestly the conversation of like you're becoming more fundamentalist than progressive. There is there's beauty there. He's critiquing, he's deconstructing, he's trying to give a, a better more full picture for them to engage with and there were people right and a lot of times people forget this as reading the scripture there's pharisees and stuff which are like oh man like his interpretation makes sense there's a reason why Zacchaeus snuck in in the middle of the night he was like man dude you're blowing my mind i've never seen this like that like the w- the way that you're engaging with that Zacchaeus i mean i'm sorry not uh, Zacchaeus you know what i'm talking about um um oh and john three yeah john three uh what's yeah. his name uh, this is so terrible. <laughs> Pastor Elijah Shemena. <laughs> you don't know, you're not saying it <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't know. I was, I just blank it out. Do you remember his name? Nope. Oh my goodness. Uh but yeah, anyways, the one who said like uh can a man go right. back, you know, be born again? John three, yeah. Yeah, John three. So like and, and see we got the we got the reference. <laughs> we got the reference. <laughs> I don't know why I would to say Zachariah. Oh my goodness. It's some maybe something with this. i I'm probably so wrong. Um, but like he, that guy doesn't say, All right, I'm I'm done with Judaism. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he engaged them in a way that he was able to wrestle. And I think that's the thing. It's it's like we get this new information and all of a sudden it's like, man, I'm throwing everything away. And that's not deconstruct well, that's not healthy deconstruction. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I think, so we're, we're saying the same thing. Yeah. But I think, and I think that, so. I'm gonna look this up. Know, <laughs> that's really funny. It's funny that we both couldn't remember it. <clears throat> so I think, um, like clarifying what the ends are and what the motives are is helpful. Yeah. So in, and we, maybe we could call them both deconstruction, but one is healthy and one is unhealthy um nicodemus (laughs) it's a z turned on its side you were close man yeah
1: oh my gosh
0: uh i'm sorry go ahead you're good good old saint nick so um (laughs) so let's see right motives and and desired ends um i think both are helpful um, I'm sure there's probably other things we could talk about too, but I think that like that, that idea of like, what is motivating our criticism is really important. And, uh, there's, um, I, I don't know if he came up with it or not, but we're both fans of N.T. Wright. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the idea of an epistemology of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so an epistemology, if you're not familiar with the term for anybody listening is like a way of knowing what is true. Right. And so, uh, to say that an epist, so to say that there is an epistemology that comes out of love is to say uh, that. So there are certain kinds of knowledge that come out of maybe like process or like like an objective pursuit of understanding, um, and in that sense, that's like really dispassionate, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's knowledge that comes out of a dispassionate pursuit of knowledge, and so we know that. I don't know. Gravity has these properties because we've done these dispassionate, you know, um, observations of the way physical things work in the universe, and mm-hmm. we've come to these these conclusions. But that that there, and so in that sense, like we would say, oh well, you should remove love, remove passion, remove mm-hmm. emotion, remove those things from the equation to figure out what's true. But his point is that actually, no, there there are certain kinds of truths that are actually revealed in and through. Our love for the things that we that we're attempting to know and understand, that that love actually is sometimes a part of the process of knowing something well. Mm-hmm. Um, C.S. Lewis talks about. Uh, there's a great essay called "Meditations in a Tool Shed." I don't know if you've ever read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, super cool. Yeah, it's not 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 too long, but he talks about um, two different ways of knowing, and he doesn't use that term, but but he is talking about both the objective more like rational scientific way of understanding things, but then also like the subjective, like the way of, of loving things and knowing things that way. Uh, and again, I think this is a common, you know, I'm, I'm sure that lots of other people have talked about it, but he talks about how, uh, he was in a tool shed really dark and there was kind of like a hole between two boards and there was a, a beam of light shining into the dark. And, um, and then at one point he actually like, put his whole his eye into the hole so he could see out mm-hmm. and he was talking about like two different ways of engaging with the light so one is you could stand out apart from the beam of light and look at whatever it was shining on and it would actually like it would highlight some things in the tool shed that you could see yeah. but then the other was to actually like look through the light and look out and kind of like begin to see what's outside the shed right mm-hmm. And that those are two very different ways of engaging with that beam of light. One is to like be immersed in it. And one is to step back and kind of observe it. Yeah. And again, that, you know, so there like, there is a place for, I think that, uh, objective analysis. And I think as, as Christians, certainly we should turn that towards the church and just, you know, be able to say, Hey, like this is good. This is bad. This is working. This is not working. This is how this works. But, but really there my my pastor would always say you have to, you, you have to be careful trusting people that don't love the church and he meant that specifically within the context of like christian teachers yeah. you know yeah. so this isn't like well i don't trust dr fauci cuz he doesn't love the church it's yeah. more like like yeah. people who are teaching me how to follow jesus if they don't love the church there's something off yeah yeah and um that doesn't mean you know, to our point, that doesn't mean they can't be critical of the church, but they have to love it and they have to be invested in its, in its, its health. And that when you find people like that, those are people, well, they might have other things wrong with them, but, but when people don't love the church, you have to be able to say, "Mm, there's something off. And that's a diagnostic tool for ourselves too. So it's like, am I, you know, am I gleefully listening to you know, a podcast deconstructing a church or the church, or am I yeah, you know, happy at the good. downfall because, you know, because in my heart of hearts I don't love the church. Yeah. Um, or am I somebody who is like, man, I, like I'm heartbroken that this happened, but you know, to your earlier metaphor, man, there's a dead body and that's bad. I don't like that, and so yeah. I need to pay attention so that this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Um, so I want to learn, and I want to pay attention, and I want to understand what's true about the situation or the church in general. But boy, I really am invested in the health and vitality of my local church that I participate in, yeah. the local churches around me, the church as a whole. Like I really care about it because it's God's, it's God's people, it's God's yeah. vehicle.
1: And and that's the thing I think like is I don't know if if you're having these kind of conversations, but it's. I'm having conversations with people which are like, I don't even believe like the church in the church or I've been hurt. I've been like really hurt from the church. I haven't been in church in a long time that are like absorbed by this, this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mark Driscoll becomes this, you know, this force, the evangelical, uh, Sith Lord. Yeah. Like that's, (laughs) and that's where I'm like, man. And it's, there's all, there's almost this like, it's, it's ghoulish. Right. Like, I mean, I don't know, like, uh, I know they're about to do the rise and fall of of uh, Carl Lentz. Who is that? I've heard that name. He's the guy who was the pastor at Hillsong New York City. Oh, I actually got a chance to go and uh, hear him speak. Uh, And I brought my uh, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to say specifically, but there was somebody who came with our family um, uh, and like it's like just has a weird relationship with the church. Um, And I remember like they were crying in tears Mm. as this dude was preaching about God's love and who he is. And like, and there's almost this like joy that I see outside from other fellow believers, which are like, yeah, you know, and this is the reason why, like, you know, and these pastors or whatever, whatever. And, and like, I think that's, that's what you're talking about. Like it's, there's nothing wrong with saying the K there's something that, 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 wasn't right here. Right. And we're not happy that that happened. But like when we, when we don't say like, man, this is God's baby. Like God, like when we don't love that and what God is doing in the life of those people in that community, and we don't feel for them. um, And it's just like, how can we throw a parade on these people? And that's the part, which is in this, whole deconstruct in this era of deconstruction when people are just looking for reasons to rant and rave about stuff right and create yeah. podcasts about stuff and 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 you know I and you all
0: these podcasters you know I mean, oh my gosh I was, just, I,
1: don't, I was just here because you said there's going to be free food and give me water <laughs> you know not even a, like uh like sparkling water you just I, give me I regular offer, water
0: I offered you a coke <laughs>
1: You threatened <laughs> to punch me in the face. <laughs> that has never happened. You know what I mean? No. I'm going to get you to believe you did it. This is like you trying to deconstruct the truth. Here.
0: I'm going to mm. gaslight you into <laughs> gaslight you,
1: admitting and you <laughs> tried to punch me. Oh, my God. I'm my gonna, wife has had to explain what gaslighting <laughs> is to me like 30,000 times. I'm like, what is it? Like, I literally, were, we were having a conversation with somebody else. This is a side story. And and I was like, Jamie, I was like, there's what she's experiencing was gaslighting, right? She's like, no. <laughs> you don't like, know how oh, okay. to use that term. I don't know how you're not that. allowed to use
0: that term without my express she's written like, permission.
1: <laughs> she's like, no, I have to explain it one more time. I was like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> This other lady just like, oh. <laughs> I'm so
0: glad you're married. Jamie, thank you for civilizing this man. She
1: has to. Man, I'm telling you, man. And like. Oh, I can't even imagine like what I don't like when she talks to me about like the the colors of does clothes she, that I wear. Does, like, does,
0: does like, she <laughs> use her teacher voice when she,
1: she... Is... okay, Elijah? Elijah, listen to me. <laughs> um, those colors don't go together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> I was like, man, when I was at uh, I was at Northern this this uh last week. Um, I had to call her and I would we had the video call. I was like, Janie, do, do these things match? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my gosh! She's like, she's like, no, no. She's like, that's and she's so nice about it, right? You can tell, like, she's an elementary teacher. She's just like, listen, that's just way too many colors. (laughs) (laughs) You might just want to stick to two. (laughs) It's just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Elijah (laughs) learned the rainbow. Oh my god, Roy G. Biv, man, Roy G. Biv. Cool. No, um, what we say? I have no idea. No, oh, all I'm saying is that just piggyback on what you're saying. When we take joy. Right, yeah in in the in the demise of others, right? That is not of God. That's not the kingdom, right? And that is nothing that um, yeah. you know the, the church um, should ever. F- it, 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 there's not a position that the church should ever find itself in, right? Yeah. And I'm just saying, like, and and it seems like this is the way that the culture is is deconstructing things, and we are following right. along with. Uh, the culture. And that's, I don't know, that's, that's where my, my frustrations come.
0: So I, I, I agree. And I share your frustrations. I think also though, when I think about, um, when I think about people who are engaged in criticizing the church, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different motives that I could imagine, right. That I've, that I've come across, you know? So there there definitely is and i think we should come back to this i don't i don't want to mm-hmm. leave this topic but but just kind of like gleeful deconstruction for its own sake yeah. that's clearly something that's happening both inside and outside the church yeah. i'd like to come back to that but there is also just like hurting people yeah that's true you know what i mean who and and like that may not necessarily legitimize the deconstruction that they're doing but it certainly puts it, like, the motives are different. Yeah. You know, when somebody's, like, burning the house down because they're in agony, like, I do have a little bit more sympathy yeah. for that. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's that. And then there's also, I think, and this probably comes more from outside the church, but there are people who are rightly seeing real problems in the church and then are... I would say that they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but it's because they can't see the baby. And yeah, so you yeah. kind of have to like, as a Christian, I guess just almost tolerate that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, Hey, this is somebody who like, they're not a Christian. They don't, sh- they don't love mm. the church. Yeah. And I don't really like, I shouldn't, it's not fair for me to expect them to love the church. Yeah, And so for them to see, like pick your scandal yeah. and then use and that on that. Right. And yeah. it's kind of like, well, I don't know. Like, But I think, I think, and you can comment on what I just said, but I think coming back to specifically that, the, the, the folks who are engaged in that deconstruction just out of a place of, and I I think there is a lot of cultural influence here, but that, that, that desire to the the joy, that unique joy that comes from tearing something apart. Yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, in my head, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing, did you ever read Calvin and Hobbes?
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so
0: all yeah. of the like Calvin and Hobbes scenes where like he's imagining himself to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex yeah. like smashing yeah. through towns and eating people. Right. Yeah. Like th- I mean there is joy in doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um uniquely masculine joy to harken back to our <laughs> podcast. But I've seen women do it too. Yeah. So there is like there is unique there's there is a unique joy in like tearing things down, right? And yeah. we we can all experience that. And there might even be a godly place for that, but but it's it's not it's not always godly. And I think that like, that's the, but, but I do want to differentiate it from people who maybe are just like kind of responding out of their pain or who they're just not, they're not believers. They don't buy into the institution in the first place. And that really, I think what we're talking about should be reserved for that category of people that, um,
1: yeah, I I don't know. Respond to that. No, I think I agree with that. I think, um, I, there's, I, I, so there's a couple of things that run through my mind, right? Like, I if if somebody from the outside is saying, "Hey, man," like the, for example, one of the really hot topics right now is the church just has a a, a huge problem with the way that it um, handles covering up sexual, um sure. uh, uh, you know, s- situations. Right, um, and you know that's a,
0: that's a hot topic everywhere, including locally.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. Right, and so like there is a re- like that is there's evidence to back that up you know there's 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 people which are you know trying to help engage in a conversation that's that's for our good i think we can we can take yeah. that that's that's that criticism is okay but if i'm in the church and i love jesus right and i see that to be true i don't now get to go and wield that information like like with, like you know i'm holding a machete and start cutting through everything, right?
0: Give I, me an example of what you're talking about. So I agree, metaphorically, yeah. yes you shouldn't you shouldn't
1: take a machete to the church. What do you mean by that? I just though, think practically? that I just think like you know we have you know pastors um, which will get up on stage and start talking about um, you know other churches mm. and just kind of calling people out or 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 saying uh, things, um, and yeah, that's bad. That's that's that's. That not only is that bad, but what, what you're you're doing two things in in my opinion. I think you're giving people which are already trying to figure all of this stuff out, which are in your congregation, right, ammunition to think that is the picture of um that's God's picture of the church. Right. Mm-hmm. That's God's intent. Like this is somehow just at the ethos of who the church is. And not saying that like man, like the church is filled with broken people trying to figure it out together. Yeah. And so when you have a bunch of broken people together, guess what you're going to have? More broken pieces. Like, that's essentially what is happening. We're, we're in community trying to get better, right, together along this journey. And what seems to happen is that we're, and, I'm in, and I'll be the first to say, like, I've done that. Yeah. Right. I've I've done. I've stood on the pulpit and I've, I've pointed fingers and just. Kind I was going to ask you why you talk about me like that. <laughs> people going to start thinking that. <laughs> I
0: listened to your sermons and I heard what you said about me.
1: I mean, people going to start thinking like, man, this this dude Elijah, man. Like, why is he even podcasting this guy? Like, I promise we're friends. Like, it was, like. Steve likes to tell stories about <laughs> I do, yeah.
0: <laughs> sometimes sometimes fiction is better than truth. You heard it here. It
1: was Let me said, tell you
0: the true fictional story of Elijah Shemenda.
1: Somebody said, what was it? Uh, he says, uh, like, uh, no one wants to believe the truth when the lie sounds so much better. Right. So, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> right. right.
0: I, I actually, I've got an agent in Hollywood marketing my version of your life story as we speak.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we met him i just you know i brought him food and I went to shake his hand and all of a sudden he just punched me in the eye and I yep. like, he's like you have to be my friend like and do this podcast with me you know? i'm just like how did this happen? How no, did happen oh my god! no so like but that's 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 just where i'm at like right like i, I think that is my example of, of what i've seen and and especially dealing with young people which are coming out of college coming out of christian colleges um and are just like frustrated because a this the version of the gospel and everything that they they had learned when they were you know with mom and dad is a little bit more nuanced than they thought it was right and is you know you go to a christian college you start learning oh snap like you know paul didn't write these letters by himself <laughs> like, it was, like you know what i mean like he wasn't in this dark room just writing like you know like there's all these different things and now you're you're already your worldview is already kind of like shifted and and shaken up and then right like you you come out into the real world and now you have to process some of the stuff that you've learned right or or you know maybe you didn't go to a christian college and you you grew up in a, a non-christian uh, i mean you grew up in a christian home but you Went to secular school, and now they're telling you, here's these facts about science yeah. that seem to contradict what you're, and now you're just, you're shaking. So now if I give you ammunition as somebody who's supposed to be representing faith, and it's not hiding, right? I want to make sure that I put that. It's We we talk about what's going on, but it's the way in which we talk about those things, I think, gets problematic and i'm gonna say this really real quick thing and i want to get your thoughts on this right it seems like and i love christianity today um relevant magazine and all that is like really cool um i think where i get frustrated is like (laughs) you notice i didn't say i like a regular magazine anyways but i think i think what where i get frustrated is is you see these articles and it's like oh uh, Tommy at this church went to like Susie at this church And they were talking about each other There's toxicity in the church Like this And I'm like what <laughs> What are we doing Why is that article being written I don't know right? I don't read articles like that <laughs> It's just But that's what's happening I'm, I'm, I am I'm kid you not That's what's happening And then you see like the I'd have to like read that article
0: it. No don't ever read the oh, comments Oh my gosh well, so, so, so you put, you talked about a couple of things there yeah. and one, I want to distinguish between, so there's a, there's like an intellectual deconstruction, an intellectual deconstruction of faith and church that is different, I think, than, um, what we have been talking about, which is more kind of like that. Um, well, so, so I think, uh, y- have you seen the movie, um, Oh shoot, now I'm going to blank on it. The so there's uh Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. What's the main villain?
1: Uh Mal- Maleficent. Maleficent. Right. Maleficent. So have you seen that movie? Yes, I saw right. the first one, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, same thing. Um great movie. Like I yeah. really actually liked it. I enjoyed it. Um but that that is I think the quintessential telling like that's the mythology of today, which is it's it's a deconstructive mythology, right? Yeah. So it's it's basically saying Oh, this is the mythology you grew up with. We're going to tell you the real hidden story that actually flips yeah. all of that on its head, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Which I like that. It's a ton- yeah. like I feel like I'm a I'm a product of our cultural environment. Yeah. So like I'm a postmodern in a postmodern world. Yeah. And so I love deconstructing things. Like it's yeah. fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like that story is a fun story to me. I like it. Um and so so I understand that. And that, but that I think is different than Wait, tell me about the history of canon formation. Mm-hmm. Tell me, you know, what what do what should Christians think about the relationship between faith and science? Or, you know, are there things that we learn from the the scientific process that challenge our understanding of scripture? Like that I would put those in two different camps, yeah, right? Yeah, and like definitely. one the the latter, which I think I heard you affirm you know, as Christians, we need to engage in robust intellectual discourse. Maybe not all Christians are going to do that, but as the church as a whole, we have to do that. Yeah, And most Christians need to be engaged in that kind of, that kind of a project. Um, but there's a, there's this other thing, this kind of like desire to flip the narrative on its head. Um, that really, I think again, that's not always bad because there's like, I would argue that, that the history of the church has done some of made some of those kinds of moves. And even Jesus himself has made some of those kinds of moves, both in specific teachings or engagement, but also even just over the course of his life and ministry and what he came to do in many ways was, I mean, like an upside down kingdom, a flipping of the narratives. And, you know, so, so I don't think that it's always bad to just say, you know, you thought Prince charming was there to rescue sleeping beauty, but really what was really going yeah. on is they were the villains and Maleficent was the hero. And, yeah. you know, like, I think that there is something, there's a gospel ish kind of thing going on in that, but also it's, it, it sometimes can become just this really unhealthy. Um, it, it becomes a gun that gets pointed at all institutions and all things of beauty or power or value in the world. Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, you, you value that thing. Let me tell you why, it's, tell evil. You why it's evil. Yeah. Oh, you, you think that that thing's beautiful. Let me help you see why it's ugly. Oh, you think that that's important. Let me help you understand why that's actually oppressive or or evil or what you right? And yeah. so that's the thing that, and again, like if we see truly, like if the true story of Maleficent is Maleficent and not sleeping beauty, then boy we better have the eyes to see it. Yeah. But if the true story is actually sleeping beauty and we just like the story of maleficent better even though it's the prettier lie and it's not the truth. Yeah. Now we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I would say that in our culture, we lack the ability to discern yeah. between those two things. We're just defaulting toward the Maleficent story mm-hmm. and against the sleeping beauty story because of our cultural presets. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's a problem. Yeah. And, and so when Christians are doing that and pointing that towards the church, because that just feels good because it
1: does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not good.
1: Yeah. I mean, man, this, this becomes, this becomes really, really, really problematic i think is because now we start redefining right and this, this is what you're talking about we start really redefining things and things which were which were um boundary sets of this is what it meant to be this right um now it becomes this fluid weird thing right and so so i'm actually so this is what, i'm actually writing my thesis on this mm. um <laughs> it's a little bit about deconstruction and and all that. But um, this idea of, right, to be in the uh, body of faith, to be a believer in the first century, right, there was just one thing that you had to do, um, get baptized, <laughs> right? You, you belonged to the community. That was the entryway to come to the community of faith. But there were boundary markers right that that said like hey once you start moving in this direction you are now starting to operate outside what it means to be a follower of of jesus those boundary markers are idolatry and sexual immorality like those are the two two pillars right um and so like for for me what what i find in this like New space of, of like deconstruction is that I get to choose what that looked like. Even though the first century church, the ones that we're following, the ones that we are, you know, emulating because we believe that Jesus Christ rose from the grave and something new has started, right? Like, like that no longer is a good enough compelling story. Parts of that story is compelling, right? Right. And so, like, what I am going to do now is I'm going to say, like, whatever I'm coming with, that actually is more compelling, and I can I can superimpose my right identity, my politics, my this, my that, my that, and say, like, actually, what it means to 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 to, to belong to the community of faith is this right, right? And so, just
0: to clarify what what I'm hearing you saying, so to make sure that yeah, I'm tracking ahead. you, is that you're saying that a part of what Maybe not what's motivating it, but a part of what is happening when people are engaged in that deconstruction of the church is that they are then. So so if we're going to if we if we have a structure and we're going to tear it down, yeah. then I get to replace it with whatever with whatever structure whatever I, I feel like. Yeah. And maybe that's the motivation or maybe that's just the 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 the. Um, the the unintended side effect, but it is it's definitely something that's happening.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Perfect example, there's a I'm not gonna name the apologist because he's not in good standing right now. Uh it's <laughs> like, probably made it super clear who it was. I don't, but, I don't not to me. <laughs> but, everybody everybody except for Steve knows who you're talking about. So, so but like I remember him saying like I he was um talking to an architect uh and he built a postmodern building right and he was like man this got doors that goes you know that open up to like walls stairs that don't go anywhere and all this other things and he, and so then like um the apologist said to him he's like he, oh, he said yeah i'm sorry he said like this whole building is postmodern like it's, it's dear. and he said like okay so like but did you change the found, the way that you built the foundation right and and, and my my issue with all this like Deconstruction is that now what we're saying is right, like the foundation no longer is the foundation, yeah. right? Like, man, you remember we we had this uh, we had this conversation uh, a few years ago in in uh, bump. <laughs> just, like we asked, what are the basic components to have church that that has stayed with me,
0: mm.
1: right? And everybody said all these different things, and we're like, oh yeah, like, well Jesus said that you you have to have at least one other person, right? Where two or three are gathered. And like it was like almost everyone was like, no, I can have church walking in the woods by myself. What I I just think that when we start when we start questioning what is fundamental, right? um, what is true and we start superimposing our own ideas, right, that's, I mean, we, we're we starting to move in a super dangerous, dangerous space, mm. and it feels like, what it feels like is that the church, to kind of bring it back full circle, has started grappling because there's enough questions to go around, right, about the way things are operating and maybe some things that have because especially with the internet, right, things have become super public, that we are not giving people guide rails on how to think about these things that we should be talking about no that's fair and we're just kind of saying like here it is and so now people are saying oh man so if you if all these things have questions and what what's the foundation obviously doesn't matter like we can just deconstruct that right
0: so you i i've found myself making this point in uh several conversations that i've had recently which is the short version is there's got to be a balance between you can't question anything and you have to question everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, just that there, there are things and, and I guess I would say actually we, we should feel comfortable questioning everything, but then there comes a point where you accept something and then you like, it becomes a foundation. Yeah. And, and then once you've, once you've got a foundation and you start building on top of it, you really can't move on from that because yeah. you've built on it, you know, like it's too late. You've, you've settled on a foundation and, um, you know, I mean, I guess to, to carry the metaphor forward, you could, you could jettison the whole project and start over again, yeah. but you better be very careful when you do that. Cause that's a, that's a pretty ambitious endeavor.
1: Let me ask you just real quick on that. Does then that thing become something else?
0: I don't know. We're going to have to make this concrete. This, this is a super abstract.
1: Okay. So I'm just, okay, let's, uh, we're, we're, we're believers. We're, you know, let's talk about Christian faith. If, if I'm going to jettison the foundation of what it means to be like, if I'm saying I'm throwing the creeds out, right? Right. Like those things. And, and I get to now redefine. I, I would actually argue and and like, don't call me a heretic. Let me finish this. I would argue that that's okay, but just don't call that thing. Christianity. Right, oh. it is something else. You, if you want to jettison the foundation, and you want so to, so I would challenge the assertion that the creeds are the foundation of our faith. Okay, we would disagree on that. We <laughs> might need to do a podcast on that. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Well, but the reason is, is that the the creeds are, you know, they they they're post dated
1: to to what,
0: like a few hundred years. Yeah, but after I mean, the but they're generally. Of the
1: faith what the early church believed to be true it just became those things but like the early church basically said hey these are the foundational things that we believe to be true that became the creeds i mean that's
0: well right but but again so you said the creeds are the foundation of our faith i would 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 say
1: i would say no i would say
0: that the creeds are a product of something else
1: okay so let me ask you this question what do you think is the foundation. So
0: I don't think that it's wrong to think about foundational beliefs. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a part of the foundation.
1: Deconstruction.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, To a certain degree. Yes. This is a little bit of Steve deconstructing. Yeah. Deconstructing what he's been taught. No, I I think so. I mean, we've had the conversation about uh, orthodoxy, Mm -hmm. orthopraxy and orthopathy, Mm -hmm. Right. And so the idea of orthodoxy is right thinking, which very much that's like the creeds, right? Mm-hmm. Is these are the things that we believe to be true, and we assert them and we hold to them. And I think that's that is a part of the foundation that you know we have inherited that has be that has been our foundation. Um, but I think simply the fact that uh, that that they those weren't the that's not the origin of the church, right That's actually the product of the church historically speaking. the church produced the creeds not the other way around mm. Point and I'm sounding really Catholic I know <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's true, right It's just yeah. simply true that that that's a historical artifact that points at the fact that there's more to the foundation of our faith than simply creedal statements. And so I would certainly point at orthopraxy, right action, right that there are, there are behaviors and actions and, um, patterns of relationship and, you know, like all of those kinds of things that, that I would argue are just as foundational to our faith. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think again, leaning on Jesus, they will know you are my disciples by the things that you believe is it's not what he said. Right. So, Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think Jesus is saying that the creeds are dumb or that belief doesn't matter or that statements of fact or, or truth or, or theological truth don't matter. I don't think he's saying any of those yeah. things, but he is pointing at something that is foundational and fundamental that isn't actually about creeds or beliefs. It's, it's really about action in our relationship to other people. And then I think even more so that idea of orthopathy, like right desire, um, that like that that invitation into uh, a relationship with God, a relationship with others uh, that is shaping who we are, right? That call to discipleship, that call to transformation, like the, uh, like all of that I would point at and say, that really is more like what we're talking about when we want to talk about the foundation of our faith. And if I had to pick one of those three, yeah. I wouldn't pick orthodoxy or uh, orthopraxy. I would pick orthopathy. I would pick the the call to a relationship with God that is transforming what we love and who we are, and that obviously assumes certain behaviors and assumes certain beliefs. Yeah. Um, but I would say that that really at the heart of the Christian faith, at the foundation of it, and and I think even when you point at the history of the church, the trajectory of the church, right? If you say, "Well, where did the church come from?" Well, it came from Jesus calling some people into that kind of discipleship relationship yeah. with himself, even though their, their praxy was not orthopraxy and their, their doctrine was not orthodox, right? So they had wrong theology and wrong lifestyle, yeah, 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 but they had entered into a discipleship relationship with Jesus where he was shaping and forming all of that. And that is the birth of the church that then gives rise some generations yeah. later to the creeds. And so, again, I'm not against the creeds. No, I'm just saying, I, 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 I balk at the idea of saying, you know, doctrinal statements are the cornerstone no, of our I, faith. No, and that's
1: not what I'm saying. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But I think what I am saying is that I, I think it, you'd be hard-pressed to, to, to think, and, you know, this, this is the beauty about this podcast, right? We're having these conversations where we can push back at each other. I think you'd be hard-pressed to 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 say that there weren't good people who believed or followed other you know like whatever their god was right and and um that did produce good things that that lived you know um you know decent lives i think what makes it different is that jesus christ rose from the grave right and that changed everything yeah and so i am not saying that like the you have to have this creedal statement as i'm not saying as a foundation what i'm saying is what is true of the creeds is foundationary to what we believe right so when i say the creeds i'm not necessarily meaning like we had to say these statements but the truth of the creeds is the foundation of who we are as believers yeah. right if somebody says what does it mean to believe i would say look it's the it's the creeds like it's yep. here right but that also goes with you know what i'm saying the you know what I'm saying, the, um, ortho, orthopraxy, right? Like mm-hmm. the praxis aspect of it, like that is very much ingrained in us because it can't just be good action, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's something that is foundational that we believe changed the game, yeah. right? And so like this new community now is forged believing on the truth of that game-changing moment.
0: And so like I'm with you.
1: So that's where that's that's what I mean when I say the creeds as a foundation to a faith. Right. Not necessarily like the statement, but saying like that belief that held belief is where.
0: But again, I think I just would point at the at the simple reality that believing that something is true. Yeah, is it's it's a peculiarity of the English language that we use the same word for. I believe that this is true. You know, I believe that your name is Elijah. Yeah and I believe in you. Yeah. We use the same word for both of those things. They don't mean the same thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Right? One is a statement of fact about you that I believe to be true. Another is a statement of confidence that I'm placing in you as an actor that I am willing to trust myself to. Yeah. Right. And I would say that it's, I would want to say that it's the second that is foundational. To what it means to be a Christian, not the first. Yeah. And so to the degree that what we mean by the creeds is these are facts that I believe are true about the universe or facts that I believe are true about God or facts that I believe are true about history, even though that is incredibly important. I think that if I and and I and I would want to say that the foundation is all of it. Yeah. But if I had to put my finger oh, on man, something, we should
1: have had this conversation. Oh, I <laughs> like I this. had to put my finger yeah. on something.
0: But, but I see, would say that really the foundation is that I am actually stepping into yeah. that kind of a relationship that God is. God has initiated that kind of relationship with me. And I yeah. have said, yes.
1: But see, that's I would I would go and say <laughs> we're we're literally splitting hairs right now. Well, what would I would say. <laughs> no, is no, that?
0: no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before you answer that question. <laughs> How many angels can dance? That's, on the that's literally pit? what. I, that's
1: honestly in my mind. I was thinking of that. I was like, where that's that's where we're going." All but right, no.
0: make your point, and then we'll go back to deconstructing deconstruction. I I would instead just, of deconstructing deconstructing Elijah's creedle. Oh my <laughs>
1: goodness! See, I was always come back to me. so like all I was gonna say. Just is don't that. punch me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how this is how he gets me, man. You know, he just throws. Well, you were looking angry. <laughs> you look mad. Oh, my God. are you mad, We're going to have to definitely get, like, a camera in here. (laughs) Um, That's the only He doesn't look mad. (laughs) So, like, but, like, all I would say is that, like, it's, I don't, I think we're, and maybe I can see your pushback because I think you're thinking I'm splitting the two, right? And I'm not. I think it's both and. I think... Right. Just like the the idea is that not only do you believe my name is Elijah, but you treat me like my name is Elijah. Right. Like who I am. Right. right. You you engage in that. And I think that's where it is. Right. Like yeah. I'm not just I'm not just um, saying Jesus is Lord in my, you know, in just like, oh, you know, Jesus is Lord. you know, in my my speech, I'm acting as if Jesus is Lord, like he has lordship over my my life, right? And that's 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 all I mean by by the crease. It is an acted out I, I don't so we're not necessarily I don't mm. think we're we're super disagreeing. I think we just we maybe should still punch emphasis. each other anyway though. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the toxic masculinity <laughs> we are talking about. Uh you know but I think to 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 bring it back um to the whole aspect of deconstruction is that when we start to when when we start to Change whatever is at the foundation of, of 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 something, right? Then we have to be honest with ourselves and say, like that. Then we're starting something. This is a new project. Yeah. And and again, like I think where I stand on that is that I am okay if somebody wants to say I am starting a new project. I think where I get frustrated, and this is where my like my love for the church, my love for this community, is that. Is is when we start to when we try to co opt and say no, so the church should be this, yeah. right? Because we don't get to you don't give, get give to an the, example. I'm just well, oh, man, all right. I don't want to get into super like. Yeah, you don't like, have to name names. You can keep no, it no, not not names, but I guess like I just don't want to get into like super like controversial topics. But okay, like oh, we talk about right. sexuality, right? Like let's just say let's just say like someone was like I can have sex with my girlfriend out of marriage. And like, that's OK, because that's Christianity. Right. And w- what I would say is, no, that's not Christianity. Right. Like, that's not that's not what Christianity is. And uh, and say, like, I don't have to be accountable. I don't have to be with a body of believers. I don't have to be with people. If you don't want to be in a church building, that's fine. I don't care. But like when I start saying those things which are true of what it means, you are redefining something. Right. Yeah. And to now act as if it's OK to redefine it or like time and culture and whatever now gives us the right to redefine it. I'm saying, no, that's not OK, because somebody already defined it for us. Yeah. Right. And so when and and so like that's the person which I follow. Right. Because he rose from the dead when you rise from the dead. And you tell me like, "Hey, I'm gonna die. You you get to rise from the dead. Then you can then you can say some things to me, and I'll listen to you. Mm-hmm. But until that happens, like, I'm not gonna listen to you. And like, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not gonna listen. To you. And I, and, say, I just and, have this picture of you with your fingers in your ears. Just like la, 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 i do not listen. La. And like you know say, like, but like if you want to, say it's a like, high
0: standard, Elijah. It's a very high standard. look. It's I like,
1: accept nothing, but like. Rising from the dead, resurrection. Uh, I told my my uh, math teacher this in like kindergarten. I, I'm not gonna listen. to One plus one cannot be until you rise from the dead. And, but and then and then you,
0: you got sent home with like a note from the principal and your pastor father was like, "That's yes, my son. That's my son. That's my son. <laughs> Good son. Good boy." Yes.
1: No, but like, you but you get what I'm saying, right? Like until yes. this that that happens. Well,
0: but so your point is though that yeah. that people are people's. People, either their motives or their their, their the the um the it's like secondary effects of what they're doing is to um to to change things that really shouldn't be changed about the church yeah and I think I, I do think that that is part of what motivates people to deconstruct the church specifically and to deconstruct faith is that um. You know, that is so like that that Maleficent idea, you know, it's like, yeah. hey, I'd, r- I'd rather Maleficent be the hero than yeah. Prince Charming yeah. or Sleeping Beauty because um, it actually then frees me up to to do the kinds of things that Maleficent does or to yeah. not have to do the kinds of things that the heroes in the story are doing. I get to, I get to like write my own moral code. Um, Yeah, no, I think that there's some truth to that for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And... Man, just if if you want to do that, this, yeah, this just, is what I will go by. Do it right. So just say, well,
0: and yeah. so so to to the point, it would be like, it if Hollywood made Maleficent, but then just called it Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> exactly. be like, no, 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 that's not Sleeping that's Beauty. Not Sleeping Beauty. So yeah, so like exactly. But so but so they they I again they did the movie. They changed the title. It's it's a different story. Yeah, it's clearly like a variation of an older story, and like it's yeah. poking at it in some interesting ways. But it also is, I mean, we're taking the metaphor a little far here. But it's acknowledging that it's not actually the original thing. That exactly. And yeah, no, I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, and I think, and just, uh, just again, just to bring it back to full circle, because we're we're running out of time. Is is this is that? I think in the church, it is important for us to understand first and foremost what is the church, mm-hmm. right? Like, why does it exist? What what is has what God called us? Why is that important? To, right? Why is it important? Well, no, I'm asking you. Oh, why is
0: it important to clarify this?
1: Because I I think that in this, this this space of deconstruction, one of the things that I've found is that we're not communicating the truth of like why this is God good. Has, Keep talking. God's uh, called us to this, right? Uh, to be these people. To you know to be set apart. All those different things. And so we're so we so easily just want to strip the bride of Christ and I and I'm using that language purposefully because like it should make us it should make a shake we want to strip the bride of Christ and say like here's all these blemishes and holes and and all these different things right and and it's 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 heartbreak it, to me as a pastor as a believer as somebody who's raising children up to believe you know hopefully that they'll decide to believe this Jesus that, 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 you know and, and be a part of this I think it's it's too easy to yeah it's too easy for us to um to get caught up in that to get caught up in that game yep and to and and not to see what is what is true what is God's idea what is I, God's ideal
0: so there's a couple of ideas that i've had floating around in my head off and on during this whole conversation that i, ha- I haven't gotten to talk about yet and so one is so there's a real um joy in, you know, Calvin being the dinosaur tearing things down. Yeah. So there's that joy in, you know, kind of flipping the script on, on Sleeping Beauty, but the, the reason that that's only helpful when it's true and it's actually really problematic when it's untrue is that it's really hard to build things. Yeah. It's, it's significantly easier to destroy things yeah. than it is to build things. Yeah. And so to build an institution takes, you know, generations of people mm-hmm. to build. And if that institution truly is corrupt or damaging in some way, shape or form, and it's unsalvageable, then we should burn it to the ground. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, this is a thing of tremendous investment and value from generations of people. And Mm -hmm. so to burn something down like that, like, again, it feels good to light a match and walk away, but then you have to rebuild something. And that takes a lot of work. And so I think, and, and that could be, we could be talking about an institution as large as, as the church, or we could talk, be talking about a church, you know, we started this talking about Mars Hill. Right. So, so the fact that Mars Hill no longer exists, that has real costs. Like there was a ton of, Mm -hmm. you know, wealth and energy and vitality and, you know, relationship. And there's a, there's a huge amount of investment in that. Right. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't have disappeared. I'm just saying like, like there, there's a real cost to losing something that has all of that investment in it. But you could even talk about that at the level of like your own life, you know? So simple things are big things. Like when you have something that you've invested in and built into your life, whether it's into your, your thought life or your spiritual life or your physical life or your wardrobe or your relationship or whatever it is, it's like you've invested in this. And so if you're just going to tear it all down, you're going to have to replace it with something and it's going to take work. And so like, I think at that level it's important to, to be careful. Right. And, and, um, you know, when people build things, often they don't do a perfect job. And, you know, when generations of people build things, often they don't do a perfect job. And so we have these th- these institutions, these edifices that are built that are imperfect, and it's easy to criticize them because they're not perfect and yeah. they're flawed. But the temptation is to then tear them down. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not saying there's never a time and a place there often yeah, is, yeah, often but is. there often isn't as well. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I wanted to, to tie to that is, um, I don't remember the, the person who said this shoot, Oh man, now I don't even have the phrase, but the basic idea, this was, this was, um, uh, it's within the context of thinking about biology and um, uh, um, extinction of species and stuff like that. But there's a scientist who said, I think this is the quote, the the first rule of tinkering is keeping all the parts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or the first rule of intelligent tinkering is keeping all the parts, something like that. And so like the basic idea is like, we should, we should hold on to everything, even if we don't know what it's for. Yeah. Like, if you don't know what this part is for that doesn't mean you should throw it away. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so like when you think about that within the context of this conversation of deconstruction, um, you know, whether it's the intellectual aspects of our faith or the practical aspects of liturgy or, you know, there's all sorts of things about, about our faith, the institution of the church that we might not understand. No. And, and, and That doesn't mean that it doesn't have tremendous value, doesn't have a reason for being that, you know, we we might not discover until after we throw it away. And again, that's not to say that there's no, no reason to ever tear something down and deconstruct, you know, there's a reason for that. Yeah. But again, we should just be really careful because once you burn something to the ground, you don't get it back. Yeah. And so at that point, then it's too late to say, oh, that ended up being the thing that my whole life was built on. Exactly. And now it's gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, maybe I just, these are my last thoughts about it, man. I think just do what Jesus did. Like Jesus Mm, engaged. um, I was
0: going to make fun of you for that answer. And then I thought about it. I'm like, Oh no, he's right. You're such a Christian. Just follow Jesus. Just follow Jesus. No, it's yeah. But like specifically within the context of like engaging with the institutions, both from a critical and a, and a, loving commitment exactly yeah and he was
1: just able he was able to do he was able to do that and provoked change yep right like the idea that if you were in the first century and like you know like for those people like they just thought this was a different form of judaism right a clearer form of judaism that's that's that is the idea that that was coming to their minds yeah. if you're living in the first century and so like there's there's I think that's really interesting for us as we kind mm-hmm. of, you know what I'm saying, engage with the way that we act in, in deconstruction. That means, like—
0: Judaism 2.0.
1: Yeah. Like, we sh- that should blow our—like, our, so, oh, so God is reforming things. He's not just mm-hmm. gutting stuff. Yeah. He's reforming things in the space that he's at he's and giving us clarity. And I think, like, for us, as we're doing that, if you're in that space, if you need to challenge things, like, do it. But there's a way to do it, and you can do it well, and that's glorifying the God that also exposes what needs to be exposed for the betterment of the community.
0: Yeah. So this is a, an, a it's not really an example; it's a metaphor. But um, the, the have you been in the um, the Northgate uh, at River Rock campus? I
1: have. I I have. I haven't been since they've renovated all the way fully. But
0: oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so I just really appreciate the, um, and I think this is a good picture. Um, so it's a beautiful old building. It was, it was in rough shape, but, Mm -hmm. but a ton of it's both interior and exterior beauty was present when they got a hold of the building Mm. and, um, they have renovated it on the inside, the sanctuary space in particular, but other aspects of the space and modernized it both with tech and seating and some different things. But man, they really have done it in a way that accentuates the old, um, aesthetic, Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. And so I could go on about that. Like there's even some like authors that have done some things that are connected to that idea. But I think that's a cool picture of, you know, like (laughs) we're going to, we're going to keep as much of value from this thing as possible. You know what I mean? But also like there are some places where we have to recognize this just doesn't work anymore. And so we are going to get rid of that and we are going to rebuild and we are going to change, but we're going to do it in a way that doesn't, you know, we're not going to like build a metal structure inside of this exactly. or you know, like we're going to yeah. do it in a way that really is as much as possible, a seamless union yeah. with, you know, what we've inherited that, that is not just a value, but is of, of infinite value. And yeah. we're, so we're not going to lose that. We're actually going to try and accentuate that while at the same time, making the, the changes that we need to make.
1: Mm, that's good work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's the call on our lives. So I feel like, I was thinking about this during our conversation. You and I are both, like, way too abstract. <laughs>
1: We're so hard. I know. <laughs> so,
0: hard. so we have to do a better job in our next conversations <laughs> yeah. about, like, yeah. tying it to not not even metaphors, but, like, concrete yeah. examples. Yeah. yeah. Is, uh,
1: is, that, a, is that, that just, pastor brain? Is that know. what that is? Yeah. Like, I don't know.
0: So for all of you detail-oriented people out there, I don't even want to apologize. I just want to say you probably shouldn't listen to Elijah yeah, I probably talk. should listen. <laughs> like,
1: it's... <laughs> I could t- Oh man. I just Yeah, that could be terrible. I just like what are they talking about?
0: I don't know. They're just out there. That's actually how I feel when people talk details. That's how I feel all the ta- No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on that note. Have a good day. All right. 242 is a podcast of Buffalo Vineyard Church, in Buffalo, New York. Learn more about who we are and get in touch with us at buffalovineyard.org. We'd love it if you'd subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a rating. Thank you for listening.